Okay. So we're going to go ahead and start with the interview. Um, first question is, what is your name, pronouns, and where are you from? Yeah, so my name is Jesus. Uh, Jesus Flores Rodriguez, that's my full name. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, his. And I am originally from Jalisco, Mexico, but I grew up in uh, Southern California in LA proper. Awesome, nice to meet you. Um, can you please share a bit about your personal journey and how your experiences as undocumented, gay, and neurodivergent person have shaped your identity and activism? Yeah, oh my God, I think like for me, um, it's been a journey. I think I'm still trying to figure out like where it is that I kind of fit in. And I think something that really stood out to me about this opportunity was that it really focused in just like cross-racial like equity or just uh, it's like a symposium to really bring in different voices. And I think that's something that I've always tried to do. I think for me growing up with just a lot of intersectionalities that you mentioned in the beginning, um, I think for me, I just never really felt like I belonged anywhere, um, especially like my dad, even though he's like Mexican, he, his race is white and my mom is like mixed. So for me, like I was never a like part of a community, like in the, like uh, in like the Mexican community, sometimes like people didn't see me as part of their community. And then also like in the white community, obviously because I'm Mexican, I just, it, I, I was just too Mexican for that. So for me, I think that kind of brought in like this different understanding of just like, I didn't really fit into any group. Um, and I always identified with folks that identified that way. So I think slowly I became involved with like the, immigrant rights movement and I started to see kind of similar patterns in those spaces too um, even with the panel like for example um, I made a comment and I was just like oh you know it's very Mexican <laughs> so um, you know as a Mexican myself I think that's something that I've been seeing a lot in like the immigrant movement but I think part of something that I've been trying to do a lot in like the programming and like the work that I've been doing um, with like, for example, like being the founding staff of the AB 540 and the Student Center leading up till now uh, with like creating a pre-law program and then also creating like resources that cater to all communities. I think something that I've just been really trying to do is to bring in new voices and then also to create like a resource or like a, a guide or something like a service to folks that are not just for one specific community, but can, but anyone can use it. I, I hope I answered your question. Yeah. No, that was perfect. Thank you so much. Um, I was actually going to ask about AB 540 and the Undocumented Student Center that you hope um, establish. So in what ways have you been involved in advocacy work for the undocumented community? Um, also, like, including that uh, type of work as well. Yeah, so in what ways I have been involved, I think for me, um, my God, it goes like way back. I think actually the reason why Dream Summer is so near and dear to my heart is because that was kind of like the space that I was actually like 
given the torch to be given the opportunity to like discover whether this was a passion of mine to be working in immigrant rights spaces. And I was paired up with Alianza, um, which we later created um, a resource that was geared for like undocumented families in Sacramento and Yolo counties. I went to UC Davis as an undergrad. So um, I was also learning about the community there and what does the undocumented community look like there? So that was kind of like the initial like introduction to working in those spaces. And I was actually pre-dental at the time. I was really interested in healthcare, uh, growing up with a sister with cerebral palsy. That was also something that was very important to me. Uh, she also has DACA. And for me, like later I was like, wait a minute, there's this huge need you know, interacting with a lot of members of the community, I realized that they had a lot of questions, a lot of legal questions, not just related to their health care. So for me, I was like, what can I do to help them? Um, and I always kind of grew up with this understanding that like, if I can, I would. So that's kind of like my life philosophy that like, if I can, I would, and therefore I should. So um, that's how I got involved. I like I later learned that like there were talks about like a center being opened for like undocumented students at UC Davis. It was the first across all UCs, and I was like, I want to apply to this. Um, and yes, I got into the position as I think I started as like a high school outreach coordinator, and then I also created like the outreach ambassadors program where we also fostered the leadership of others to go out into like high schools and they can like build their leadership and like also inspire others to go to college. But mainly my role within the center was to bring in different voices from different high schools in the areas um, surrounding UC Davis, so Sacramento and Yolo counties and really inspire them uh, through my voice, through my story, that they can also achieve like a higher education, especially because also like living in LA proper, right? The majority of the immigrant community here is like, they work in the service industry versus over there. I learned that a lot of them are like farm workers. So it's also very interesting to see like the the difference in communities as well. And then that also like inspired me to become the first um, undergraduate intern and research assistant for the unaccompanied minors project. I think that's what it was called through the immigration law clinic at UC Davis. And that's where I kind of was like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm loving this like immigration law um, space. I think that's where I actually realized that um, instead of seeing myself as like a change receiver or like someone that was kind of like a victim of the system, I started to see myself as someone with agency and someone that can actually create change, not just from the bottom, but can also work alongside others with the knowledge that they have. And so I can bring in my story, my perspective and create change. And that's where I did like asylum interview, not asylum, uh, declaration interviews so that like we can include in their asylum declarations and like got to hear different stories. And I got to realize the power of stories as well. So um, yeah, I think that was just like a waking up moment for me. 
Um, and then later that kind of led me to the work at Immigrants Rising where um, uh, I created like a resource for traveling woman documented, also um, translated to Spanish. And then um, what else did I do? <laughs> the Real ID resource. Uh, so that's also something that's like the Real ID that's across all states that they're really motivating people to like, if they can, apply for it. Um, and then the free law program, which was honestly the first of its kind. And I think that was inspired by my own experience applying to law schools and realizing that a lot of the questions that I had weren't being answered through like other free law programs like the UCLA Law Fellows, the King Hall um, program. And I realized that like, I was like, what if you don't have DACA or what if you do have DACA? What opportunities are there for you um, in the application process? What about waivers? Like, what about scholarships? How do you how do I even talk about my story in like the personal statement? Is it necessary? So those are some of the questions that like a lot of the pre-law programs did not have. And also the community piece, right? I felt alone. It was like a solitary process. And I think that's what I'm trying to do now to bring in different voices. And I realized that like the community is so big, the need is so big, and I've been seeing like folks across the you know there's cross-racial ethnic backgrounds and just there's just so much need and I'm also learning from those communities as well um, that every community looks different and their needs are very differently so I'm also learning as I'm going into this and I'm also pushing other organizations to look at it um, as we try to like I, I know like part of your goals for this interview was to see how do I foster or envision solidarity within the immigrant rights movement or the immigrant movement i think for me is also to look at groups with an equity lens when um, they're applying to programs or scholarships or organizations any any opportunity to look at them with an equity lens um especially when considering those programs because i've realized that like i i think it's no coincidence that for example in the programs that I've been involved in for quite some time now, the majority are like female identifying or are like Latinx. Um, but then I've realized, I'm like, wait a minute, is it because of the questions that we ask? Um, I don't know. I think there definitely needs to be looked at like, how, how do we want to ask those questions? Do we want to look at folks differently based on their experiences, based on their backgrounds? Um, especially as I'm trying to like bring in new voices, like the Undocu Black um, community, the API community. Um, and also I've been seeing a surge of like um, folks that identify as uh, Middle Eastern or Arabic. So I think that's also something like just learning from different communities and how can we learn from that and create better representation for them and perhaps it looks different right uh, and I think I think that's part of like the movement to make it a lot more representative of all these different communities in the future <laughs> thank you so much that was such an inspiring answer wow you've you've started your advocacy work 
very young too so it's really nice to see how far you've come um as an activist that's such amazing work um so my next question for you is um can you talk about the intersectionality of your identities and how they have influenced your activism and like how do you navigate and address the needs and concerns of multiple communities that you belong to yeah, I think I, I shared a little bit of that in like my previous answer. So I grew up like, honestly, not really fitting the mold into any group. I was always kind of like someone that just kind of hopped between groups. And I think that really gave me kind of like a different perspective of like, what if someone does not belong to this like clique or this different community? What are some ways that I can help them feel like they're welcomed and like their stories are acknowledged and they're feeling heard. So I think for me, like growing up with my intersectional identities of like, I think also just like, I feel like it's biracial in a way because like, even though like my ethnic background is like Latinx, I think I did grow up with different communities within my household. Um, also like, able-bodiedness right like for folks with disabilities I also grew up with that like my sister has cerebral palsy and like I also got to understand like the difference between like my privilege and like being able to read and being able to voice my my concerns in different spaces and being able to walk was also very different uh, as someone like uh, I don't know, like my sister also has DACA. So that was also very interesting and like access to resources, services for her and like how challenging it is in California. I don't know how it is in other states, but I'm sure it's also very challenging. And then also, um, I think for me, like being bullied and like having experienced just like I looked very differently when I was growing up and like I think for me it was just like I think it brought in like a different lens of like what about folks that don't feel like they're part of a community or that they don't feel welcomed in spaces I think that really brought in like this lens of like humility and like really just trying to let everyone feel like they're being welcomed in any space but um I think I missed like the last Part of your or the second part of your question um so that would that was just how do you navigate and address the needs and concerns of multiple communities that you belong to yeah and i think for me something that i kind of share in different spaces it, even like in spaces where i work right now is like i tell people uh before you or at least like you need to learn how to follow before you know how to lead so um for me i've pretty much just been serving as like the role of like a listener and like a learner uh and I've been applying all that understanding all those learnings into kind of like what I've created which is like these resources and these programs to help the community so I think for me like that's pretty much what I've been doing um just honestly just being a listener uh, and just being more as a space of like, hey, I'm here to learn. I'm here to listen to you. Uh, let me know what your needs are and I'll try my best to like serve what serve your needs. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, and also just like, I've been really pushing for 
like catering to services, like for example, like Spanish is obviously like a go-to uh, for translating resources. Um, but something that we've been really pushing for is like also like bringing in like different languages, like uh, Korean, Tagalog, uh, what other ones? I think that's that's good for now. Oh, or maybe like, I think we also said Mandarin. Um, and also like the undocumented community is changing. It's not, it doesn't look the same when I was younger. Uh, I think also like the older population looks a lot different now. And then also like the younger community been learning also from them, like the Gen Z and like Gen X. It's been very interesting and just learning from that and just seeing how, what are some ways that we can better cater to them. That's perfect. Thank you so much. Um, so my next question is, this is my second to the last question, by the way. So um, you can take your time when answering it. Uh, it's no worries. Um, but have you faced any particular obstacles or discrimination due to being undocumented, gay, or neurodivergent? And how have you managed to overcome these challenges and what support systems have been helpful for you? You said like discrimination or like feeling, I think so. I one, I don't think it has been like direct, but something that I've noticed even today um, has been that like the undocumented community or just any community, I think it's probably like a human instinct to be very clicky. Uh, so something that I've just realized is that sometimes in spaces, I just didn't feel like my voice was being acknowledged or that like um, I was really part of a community. Uh, so I think for me, I think that's why I've really been pushing for like being inclusive of all spaces just so that, so that like folks don't have to like exist in silos. Um, and I know like, I think that's a great analogy for like, for example, LA, LA has many silos and maybe like East LA doesn't know West LA very well. And I think that's also kind of like one analogy of like how I see the undocumented community. I think there needs to be a lot more communication um, across organizations, across just different groups as well. Like the Latinx community, the Indocu Latinx community has a lot to learn from the Indocu API, Indocu Black. Uh, and then also just like having spaces where they can listen to what their needs are and how we can best like cross-pollinate, collaborate. Um, and then also, just also I, something that I've realized too is like bringing in more like practical support uh, and resources. I think realizing that the undocumented community like, or at least like policy and like the law hasn't been changing for quite some years now. And I think that adds to a lot of frustration. So I think I think this is why we need to focus on like, what are some practical resources that we can give the community? Um, I think that's also why like traveling while undocumented has been like our most popular resource on our website through Immigrants Rising, which is the organization we work for. And also look at opportunities beyond DACA. I think there's also communities where, even though I am part of like the DACA community, I think there's also like, again, these silos within the undocumented community. And sometimes like putting too much attention 
mention of Becca has also kind of uh, unintentionally sometimes like uh, silenced other folks. And I think that's something I've noticed as an organizer and as someone that like is behind a lot of the work. I've noticed that like putting too much attention on that guy has um, kind of like put other folks in the shadows, uh, folks that fall out of the program. And I think that's also why we're trying to bring in what I, why I'm trying to like bring in more representation for folks that kind of fall out of that traditional mold of like what a successful like undocumented immigrant should look like. So looking at folks um, also like in the criminal justice system, like folks that have been, um, that do have like criminal backgrounds. I think that's kind of like water and oil, right? When it comes to like immigration law usually like opportunities for immigration options in the future kind of go against like any criminal background. And as an, like as an immigrant, I think usually we see like any criminal history as like a big no-no, but I think we need to change that as well. Like if we're like, if we want to look at the immigrant rights movement, looking like moving forward, I think that's also something that we need to reform our mindset and to include those voices as well. And I think that also includes like folks with um, neurodivergent backgrounds, uh, also with different able-bodiedness. Just also noticing that like my sister feels like she doesn't really have a voice or sometimes she doesn't feel very confident. So I think that also hits at a very personal level. Um, so yeah, I think that that's just, those are just some examples of just like ways I have navigated life and ways I have been like trying to apply that into the real world. And I think also just to branch away from like what we've been doing, because obviously like it has worked in the past, but I think now that communities are changing, times are changing and policies aren't, policies and laws are not changing. I think that's why we need to kind of like maybe do some positive change to maybe amplify the voices of others and maybe utilize our privilege to bring in different voices. Um, yeah, I think that's just like a little bit of uh, what I wanted to share, but maybe I missed a few things. I don't know. Let me know no. if I did. <laughs> that was perfect. No, that was perfect. You, you really, you're so very well-spoken about everything that you've done and what you hope to do still um since there is a lot of work to do still um but yeah thank you so much for sharing that um lastly what advice would you give to others who may be facing similar challenges or who want to become activists for marginalized communities um do you have like resources or organizations you would recommend for support oh wow yeah i think um the advice i would give people is uh oh man this is probably the hardest one which is like work on your story I think that's been a journey for me I actually created a piece with my colleagues not so long ago which is about around finding my voice and it's been a journey around finding my voice um, and with that is also included my story. But for me, I always thought like my my voice didn't matter or that like 
I felt like because I was also part of like the gay, I am part of the gay community and also like, um, I don't know, I felt like I didn't feel like I belonged here or there. And then also like growing up like with a lot of like income instability, I just, I don't know, for some reason, like it felt like society silenced me in a way. So for me, uh, a big piece of advice would be like, sit down with your story. What is it? Talk about it to yourself. You don't have to talk about it with anyone else, but think about what is your story? Stories have so much power, has a power to change perspectives, to also change your mindset about where you see your, yourself in the future. Our stories don't have to define us either. It could be a key for how we see the future. Um, we can branch away from our stories if they're not positive either. I think that's also something that I have to keep telling myself. Um, so that's that's one piece of advice to look at your stories, sit with them, even if you feel uncomfortable and work on them. Because also like as someone with work that works with like mentees that are going into like grad school or like are considering higher education, your story is going to be your personal brand. So in a way, like that's going to kind of, it's going to be a metamorphosis of like, how do you want to brand yourself to the world? And how do you want to talk about your story? You know, you don't have to share everything. And also as a, as a member of the undocumented community, sometimes we've been utilized uh, for our stories for way too long. So in a way, it's almost like bring the agency back to you. You have the power to share your story or not. So that's why I'm like, you got to reclaim that story for yourself before someone else gets it and like tries to use it for their own personal gain. <laughs> so yes, I think it's more of like a power like an like a matter of agency and like having a power over your story, um, your own story. And then in terms of resources and organizations, I would recommend, I mean, obviously I work for Immigrants Rising. I think they're a great organization. Um, I, I've been working in the organization for six years now and I've sat on the back, on the back end and I know that like, I think we're really kind of pushing forward and like what the immigrant rights movement should look in the future. We're looking at opportunities beyond DACA and we're also looking at the needs of an immigrant um, holistically. So we look at entrepreneurship, we look at mental health, we look at like uh, opportunities um, even after undergrad or opportunities uh, for folks that are interested in going into higher education just in general. Uh, opportunities for funding it just keeps going on and on so I think that's why like Immigrants Rising is amazing and then also um, I encourage folks to also look at like the ILRC I think the ILRC the Immigrant Legal Resource Center has been amazing it's a great organization if folks want to learn a little bit more about uh, like their opportunities uh, for adjustment of status and then also um, another great organization would be the Undocu Black Network. I think it really inspires folks to learn about 
like what are some ways that we can also learn from other communities so that we can be better advocates not just for ourselves but for other people and then um let's see what other one apala <laughs> because they're doing great work as well uh, especially focusing on like the asian pacific community which is a lot of great work so i think that's it <laughs> Thank you so much. That's very helpful. And I love Find Your Story. That's something that I'm also I'm struggling with. So it's really inspiring for, for me to hear that from you as well. Um, and then our very last question, is there is there anything else you would like to share in this interview before we end it? Yes, I want to say like another piece of advice is to find, find your allies. Um, so this is like another piece of advice for like the undocumented community. This is regardless of your age, regardless of your like level of expertise in any field, could even be for other advocates as well and something we continue to struggle with. But usually we look at allyship externally, right? Like folks that are willing to just support us without really having that direct experience, but also look at allyship internally, right? Like for folks within our own community, what does allyship look like? Look for ways that others can like advocate for you um, through the work, through school, your friend group, you know, it really allyship can go through different levels, different stages. So think about what does allyship look like in the workforce, um, in academia, um, in mentorship, uh, especially as we're looking at um, ways of self-improvement, of growth. I think we're always going to be looking for people that can advocate for us when we don't feel like we have the energy or when we don't have like the mental health space uh, because it's tiring to like advocate for ourselves yeah. indefinitely. <laughs> I've experienced that too. I've learned how to like, for example, negotiate my salary. Like I did that all on my own, how to advocate for myself. So anyway, this is a good piece of advice for folks. Uh, how can, how can others do it for you? So yeah, just ask yourself, what does allyship look like in your space, in your community, in your network? In your family. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, that concludes our interview questions um, and the interview for today. Um, and I just wanted to let you know again that um, we will, I will be reviewing your answers and everything. Like, not like I'm reviewing, like, to see if there's anything wrong with it, but like, just to see like what I really want to include in the facilitation guidebook. Um, to help with our theme, um, cross-racial solidarity, and also like, um, what's it called? The unified visions and transcending divisions um, tagline that we also came up with. So I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate all of the information and knowledge that you shared with us. Um, you're such a great individual that I'm so honored to be able to speak to today. Um, and I look forward to seeing you in LA at the symposium. Yes, likewise. I'm so excited. And again, thank you so much for um, just being willing to listen. Honestly, I think that is something so easy to say and like just share. But honestly, the ability to listen is rare. So just wonder, really just want to appreciate you for just um, 
giving me this opportunity to share. Thank of course, you. thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so I will be stopping the recording now.